Welcome to this first episode of the Mixology Collection. My name is Damien Egan. Hi guys, it's Roop. Uh, well, for those of you that don't know me, it's Roop. For those of you that do know me, it's Roop. Um, looking forward <laughs> to this one, actually. This is our first episode. It wow, is. we're finally here. I know, after planning it for a week. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a good point. I think we've turned it around quite quickly in seven days. So for people listening in, we're going to be hopefully uh, bringing you a variety of interviews, discussions, insights into this crazy drinks business that we were in. I know. <laughs> Can't wait. The controversy. It's already started. Um, so we're at Trade today. Uh, so for those of that know, it's a members club for the hospitality industry found in the heart of Soho. Um, they say the aim of the club is to offer a social space and hospitality hub with a focus on quality food and drink. It's really cool of them to let us in at like... Silly o'clock in the morning, actually. Yeah. Who is even awake at this time? Well, we are. <laughs> that's fair, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool space uh, in the middle of Soho. It's uh, for the hospitality industry and it's obviously a, a members club. So why are we here? Well, we're here <laughs> with our first guest. That is... Drew Mallins. Good morning, Woo-hoo. gents. How are you? Hey, yeah, really well, good. Thank you. thank you for welcoming me to your first uh, podcast for Mixology Collection. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being here at like yeah. such a... Ungodly hour of the morning. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not used to commuting at rush hour, and I was just walking past all these people, just thinking, "What am I doing? Why well, am I up this early?" To be fair, it was your idea at this time. It was my idea, and I instantly regretted it as soon as I got on the bus <laughs> it, out of the rain. But yes, here we are in the cosy, snug uh, trade. So, uh, for those that don't know, Drew, uh, he is the founder of the London Bartenders Association group on Facebook. Um, and we'll be going into kind of the reasons why he set it up um, a little bit later. But I think, first of all, it'd be nice just to know. Well, I'm now sat between you two. <laughs> and if any of you <laughs> listeners do follow these guys on social media, there is some amazing bromance going on between <laughs> these two. Yeah, true. Uh, with a, a lot of curries being promised to each other. I think I owe you one. Now, you you definitely owe me yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So I. I kind of stalked you both on Facebook last night. Okay. And I kind of searched curry within your feed over <laughs> oh, wow. 2019. I've not done that. Yeah. So how many references do you think each of you have made to curry or owing a curry Wow! in 2019? 2019. I reckon I, I definitely give you more of a hard time because I'm always waiting, waiting ages for right. you to give me a curry. I reckon 2019, it's average, what, twice a month, let's say 24 from me. I'm, I'm going to say... So total, what, 30, 35? I mean, if we're talking about Owen a curry, yeah, you're probably right, but referencing the word curry, I'm definitely <clears> going <throat> to say it's about in 50, 60 for me. So it's probably my search filter and Facebook, and I probably didn't go through every single feed, but I've got 16 mentions from you, Roop, to either Drew, Drew to you and your feed, or others. I'm happy with that. And then, Sorry. Drew, you've got Reasonable. 10. Most of them just saying, you owe me a curry to Roop. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> all, that's all I do when I talk about curry. It's just, you owe me a curry. That sounds about right. So where did that come about? Well, we, we struggled to remember exactly mm. when. It was definitely, I think it was definitely in Leicester yes. like, when we were working there. And it was one of us, I don't know who started, one of us just decided, I think, to get the bill for a curry. And it was, oh, we were discussing about to split the bill. And you just one of us just went, get the next one. And then it just became a thing from there yeah then there was a massive gap where you owed me a curry for about 47 years yeah <laughs> uh, sounds about right and yeah and ever since then it's just been our way of of catching up and putting the world to rights and chatting about nonsense i think i think that's really it really um for us it was just a way of uh, keeping in touch um especially as i stayed in leicester and drew moved to london um 
and it was kind of a um, a commitment, I guess. Our way of just going, you owe me a curry was, it's about time we kind of had yeah, a bit yeah. of cash up, really. Um, and now it's kind of become a thing and other people want to get on board. Um, <laughs> but first yeah. rule of curry club. Absolutely. For those of you that are listening, the answer is no. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that is the first rule of curry club. No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, as for when it started, yeah, it, definitely in Leicester um, when we worked together. Um, so this was at time. Leicester, oh, yes. Yeah. After you. This would have been, uh, what, 2000 and... I get lost in the years now. I run about 2007, 2008. Yeah. Um, and yeah, is that where you started in the trade or had you yeah, done Yeah, I started uh, when I was studying up there and I, my first ever bar job was an awful Irish pub uh, in Leicester. I was there for about a week or two. Um, and then just handed, I remember handing my CV into Time Bar in Leicester. I still remember the day walking in there because I'd been in the bar a couple of times before and I... I, I just liked it as a, as a bar. I didn't have any knowledge of, of of cocktails or anything about cocktail bars then. Um, and just looking for a, a part time job like a lot of students in this uh, in this country, just to top up uh, my depleting student loan and ever growing uh, overdraft. <laughs> um, and yeah, just I've just never really looked back from that. Um, started out I think just 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 part time and grew from there. And just timing wise, that's when. Root was sort of coming back into the industry after taking a, a short hiatus, I believe. Uh, yeah. And from there, just built built a team, built a really good trading model and really showed me what sort of bartering and ultimately hospitality was about. And I was hooked from more or less from day one. And sort of the most poignant part uh, of my career, I'd say, was when I started at uh, Hakkasan, uh, Hamway Place, which is their, their flagship restaurant. So that was August... Uh, no, sorry, that was uh, around January 2011, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I'd left a, 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 an AGM role and realised that I wasn't quite ready for management. I kind of jumped the gun a little bit and realised I had a lot more to learn about bartending and, uh, and drinks. So, mm. uh, And I still remember the first day walking onto the bar at Hackersand Hamway Place. If you've ever been there, you'll realise just how big that bar is it's a beautiful it's, looking it's bar, beautiful bar. It's a beautiful it's, bar uh, I think at one point when, well, when it opened it was the longest bar in Europe if I remember correctly really? yeah it's, uh, it's well, it opened oh. in t- 2001 I think it opened so I guess bars back then weren't particularly huge uh, and yeah it was a five station bar you don't have many I can't think of no any other bars Time Bar was a long bar Time Bar was a long bar yeah um, that was it, four station that was four it? stations yeah. yeah and then yeah how many plays five station bar and just a huge amount of spirits uh, great training program great team um, and learned a, a hell of a lot there through uh, mission and star restaurants so that level of service required attention to detail um, and then just all the manuals and uh, and just the the regular training every week there was something happening and uh, uh, from that as well I just started the the LBA in 2010 so that was still very infant back then and Facebook was very very different back then uh, so you know it wasn't the the sort of the beast it was now with with huge amounts of of content it was it was a few posts here and there and me compiling yeah. information. Uh, you know, it's a bit hard to remember what Facebook was like back ten years ago. But you didn't have the wasn't sort it of, just pokes and sheep. It was yeah. basically <laughs> pokes, sheep. But you didn't really have the newsfeed format wasn't <laughs> quite there. It, it wouldn't really have a rolling news newsfeed format. And your status was your name and is for ages. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah remember? I remember that. Um, uh, and I don't. And you, the messaging service was within the was a, was in was within Facebook. You didn't have the app till years later. It was all computer based back then. Hmm. Um, and just 
to give you some perspective on that, so 2010, January 2010, when the OBA started, uh, Twitter was about 10 times smaller in terms of how many tweets. I think it was about 50 million tweets a day they were doing, and they're now doing about half a billion, last time I checked. Oh. Um, Instagram hadn't even come out yet. No. It was, I think Instagram was 2011 or 12, I think, around it's that time. It's pretty late, yeah. What was life yeah. like before Instagram? <laughs> and, and that was, I think MySpace probably still around, that sort of transition. Everyone on MySpace just sort of slowly transitioning over to Facebook. Mm. Um, so just to give you sort of perspective on in, in that area. And then, yeah, I just, I started uh, the LBA. Well, I did a group in, in Leicester because Reap and I were really trying to get more brands and, and more exposure for, for the city because... It was, uh, it was a small community, but dedicated bartenders that really wanted to learn and, and progress, but um, wanted to help boost the scene. And uh, obviously the, the London bubble, as it still very much is, um, uh, you know, where all the brand ambassadors were and all the, all the brands, all the focus was. And Birmingham and, and Nottingham back then had a, a decent rep, but sort of Leicester in the middle yeah, was, was I mean, being ignored. The original LBA was the Leicester Bartender yes, Association. Yes, so that was that Leicester Bartender, which was a tiny group back then. Uh, I knew nothing about uh, <laughs> how Facebook works, so uh, Drew was was exclusively the IT department, really. The IT department. <laughs> Help us set it up. Which really. has carried on through my career, as my colleagues <laughs> at Hacker Sam in the Middle East will uh, attest to. But uh, um, So, uh, yeah, so there was a group, group in Leicester, and I moved to London, and I was like, small fish in a, in a humongous pond. I was like, there must be the same thing in London because I was looking for, essentially I was looking for the LBA and I speak to a few people and, uh, and someone just mentioned, why don't you just create it yourself? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, why not? And oh, that was me. <laughs> you sure? Yes. Over a curry. <laughs> Over a curry. <laughs> there isn't one in London. Okay. Well, let's just build one then. <laughs> let's just build one. All right, I'll, I'll let you have that one. So I'll take, I'm taking it. <laughs> it's on record now. <laughs> it's on record. You still owe me a curry. Uh, the uh, yeah, so the, the group started and uh, through uh, just through networking and and just as I met more more bartenders because I was still fresh to London. Um, I was meeting people and they were, and they were starting. Oh, you, you started the the London bartender. Uh, association group yeah, yeah. so we just sort of uh, helped sort of connect that way and uh, a, a bit of an icebreaker and people didn't really get it then because it was Facebook 10 years ago and just have to give a brief you know it's just about job postings and mm. events and tastings and back then as well there's a, there was a lot more tastings going on in London uh, I think brands over the past 10 years have moved away from doing as many tastings open tastings as they did before they still happen of course um, and they said that uh, LTC have launched a great initiative where they're getting, uh, where they're doing their own internal training, but they're inviting the wider bar community. Uh, yeah. London Cocktail Club. For those um, that don't know. For those that don't know. Again, London bubble, you, you forget that sometimes. Um, uh, so, yeah, it was through my career at Hakkasan. I moved to the Middle East. I, was, I spent about four and a half years there with a, with a, with a year in London in, in between working at Lab. Um, made the decision to go freelance. So uh, I ended up doing a lot of consultancy, focusing on sort of training, a little bit of drinks development, um, mm. but mostly uh, trading, which is my passion, which mm. uh, came from uh, from Reap's uh, model from when I started. It was always about training and, and development and nurturing uh, and, and humility with, uh, with, with, with bar teams and, and hospitality staff. Um, mm. Well, that Go on. No, no, I was going to say because um, one question I had, or one thing I'd noticed, is that your career has very much shifted into training. That seemed kind of a, a very core yes. part of what you do. Um, I was thinking, what kind of skill sets, what kind of characteristics make a good trainer? 
a good trainer. I mean, similar to what to also make, makes a good manager and being able to to listen and really understand uh, sort of your captive audience and your the people you're training. Uh, just really understanding their needs first. Obviously, having the the skills and knowledge to train first uh, as well. You need to know your know your subject. Uh, but likewise, it's as important, if not more important, to under, understand the people you, uh, that, that you're training. I think being a good trainer, good manager can do do you a hand in hand as well. Uh, and majority of my job with uh, with Hacker Salmon is in, in management roles in Qatar and Middle East. Uh, I would say 60, 70 percent of my time was dedicated to, to training, whether it was developing material, whether it was training new staff, current staff. Uh, and not just sort of doing drinks training things, but you know service training, but but being there as a mentor, um, helping them guide their careers, life advice if, if if they needed it, and just being someone that they they can trust and come to for for, for any sort of advice. I think that's really important as mm. as a leader, as as a manager in any industry, not just hospitality. And as an employer, do you think it's vital now for kind of staff retention and oh, to develop staff absolutely i think that's, that's one of the biggest or most important things i think there's uh, uh it's quite common to hear that people leaving jobs in all industries because they don't like their, their boss they're not mm. the manager um uh and you know if you have a good manager i think you're more likely to stay in a job if you have a, even if you're offered more money elsewhere perhaps more benefits if you've got a really good manager um, I think that's more important to a lot of So do you define, define a good manager? What do you mean by that? Oh, some sort of things I was talking about earlier, just, just being a good leader, um, uh, just being there when necessary, do, uh, just looking after the business well, which is obviously important for uh, all, your, uh, all your staff, because if you don't look after the business, um, then you end up with things like staff cuts and poor working conditions and all, and all those kind of things. So... Uh, it really is about the bigger picture, mm -hmm. um, and uh, as I said at the start, just looking after your team, nurturing them, making sure they get in the right training, that they've that uh, they're happy in their work environment, and communicating with them uh, regularly, having uh, sit downs with them, whether it's uh, sort of official appraisals, um, but also just chatting to them day to day. It's quite make, a balance, make, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? absolutely, it's quite a balance. Just just making sure that they're okay day to day, um, just being. Being an, a decent human being, at the end of the day, right? <laughs> is any of us a decent? I don't, I don't think I, I don't think anyone is. Maybe I, that's uh, why we work in this industry. <laughs> do you, Do you feel that um, with now kind of the kind of the mental health awareness is kind of grown over the years that employers are taking that on board now, and that's is that part of your training as well, not just for staff but for the managers? Yes, uh, mental is certainly part part of the training that I deliver. Um, uh, it w never used to be. Okay. Um, what changed? Uh, just my own knowledge. Obviously, you can't train about things that you don't know about. So, oh, okay. so as I, as I've grown to know more about uh, mental health and have my own experiences, uh, 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 challenges as well. Um, yeah, it, it becomes a really important part of uh, of training, and you know, to the whole prevention being better than uh, a cure. It's being able, people being able to spot things mm. early, early enough, but also doing things day to day, week by week, that small things that are just going to help make their lives a bit easier, less stressful, um, uh, and then easier to cope when things do go, uh, do go downhill. I think once you've been through it yourself, there's a level of empathy when you're then absolutely that, that really talking to people changed. You know, the past two three years or so, I've been a lot more engaged in, in mental health and and the stigmas around it and the different types of challenges pe people have, 
the charities and organizations that are out there to uh, to help you um and then watching blogs and reading um sorry reading blogs and, and watching videos and things about people's own struggles uh just to get a better understanding but obviously you know experiencing anxiety myself for the first time last year was uh obviously not a pleasant experience but mm. you know after, to take the positive from that it gave me a, a much uh, greater um just a, a better perspective on, on how to approach other people and also how to advise other people and but i tell you i think outside of the experience itself one of the most daunting things was just realizing how many people out there yeah. suffer from yeah uh, things like anxiety and, and panic attacks. And More people absolutely. talk about it now, yeah. which is nice. More people talk about it's, now, yeah. it's good. Well, it's we were really talking about this yeah. earlier on. You know, I've suffered it myself. I mean, I think all of us at some point have had anxiety, mm. uh, probably not realised what it was, yeah. and this panic, this I, sense I went of, through that. I, I had no idea what was happening when, yeah. it, when it first started. Um, and then, so when I realised what, what, what it was, and because uh, there didn't seem to be any trigger it mm -hmm. just seemed to happen which really confused me and then you know I got lots of advice from friends and family about coping mechanisms uh, but also just having no other people there there was I, I put a post out on the LBA just to help raise just to continue raising that awareness yeah. and I think putting your own experiences out there uh, is one of the best ways to do that and having strangers messaging me bartenders I've never met before saying that they really appreciate the post and and that you know they're offering their own advice because they they've been through that obviously this it, mental uh health and and this industry kind of go hand in hand i think um as we know it's quite rife and mm -hmm. um and it, it's incredible that people are now being so really open, open about it yeah. and there, there's a lot <clears> of support structures in place and well more so than i've ever ever known it but i think there's also that element of uh, Barton is obviously from behind the bar trying to figure out where it is that they want to go in their careers, what their opportunities are, what their options are. I think sometimes that leads to like, yeah. where am I going? What, I mean, what is the, like you said right at the beginning about being a career uh, opportunity. Mm -hmm. But then there's that, you, you obviously mentioned about going freelance and I think there's that element of it, of coming away from the structure of of a rotor of, of working in a venue and having people around you to be able to to lean on and, and, and get some uh, guidance from. And then how did you find the transition from, I mean, for those people that obviously want to then uh, explore that opportunity mm. in their careers from going from working behind the bar to then maybe trying out for themselves uh, freelancing and working on their own, what would you what would you advise them in respect to that? Uh, for firstly, just speak to other people that are doing it um, because uh, freelance is quite a broad term. Okay. Um, and there's lots of different ways you you can freelance. I, in a way, I kind of eased myself into it because my first opportunity, um, sort of freelancing, essentially was uh, with an agency called Strange Hill, uh, based in London, who do a lot of different uh, consultancies for for drinks brands and hotels and bars, etc. Um, very well established. So, um, you know, I had a, a lot of work from them, uh, and you know, essentially guaranteed work for 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 a decent decent period. So that's nice. I, yeah, I was very, very oh, I, absolutely. I was really really fortunate for that. It wasn't obviously a full time role, but I was working with them uh, a lot. I learned a hell of a lot because I went from operations to uh, an office environment and and doing things like drink strategy and and and, and working with uh, with some big clients and, and understanding that sort of corporate side of. How was that at the beginning of, though? That, that having to it, it was quite daunting. But uh, I, I really liked it because I, I, I'm always keen to learn something on uh, that, that's really new and, and fresh. But also, uh, those kind of skill sets are you're adaptable in in any career. Uh, sorry, any career, any uh, industry. Um, 
so that was, it was refreshing uh, as well, um, but still quite daunting at times. And expectations were were high as as they uh, as they should be. Um, uh, and I worked for for some some big clients, some a Hilton Hotel Group, for instance, for Middle East and Europe. Did did a lot of trading and, and auditing with them. So there's a fair amount of graft in there as well. Um, then doing drink strategies. Uh, for various spirit brands um uh and then doing a few events so still sort of uh, in operations to, to an extent but not too much because that was one thing i i wanted to move i was happy to move, move away from just from the the late hours i'm i was really happy to transform from night shifts to day shifts and f discovering okay. after 12 years what weekends <laughs> are about i mean yeah that's uh that some people won't uh want to do that um uh, from if you've been bartending long enough, I initially thought I'd never be a day walker, uh, and now I definitely don't want to go back to doing nights again. I still do the odd uh, the odd events and uh, and uh, and shift here uh, and shift here and there, but um, not as a full time. Thing. You definitely put more weight on when you've got the weekends and evenings to yourself. Uh, well, not not anymore. I've, I've got myself in the, in the gym, which has helped my mental health as well. That, oh, okay. that, that was part of uh, my recovery. Um, uh, and I get really annoyed if I if I if I miss uh, if I miss a day going a certain day going to the gym or if I'd planned to and, and something doesn't happen. But yeah, so fitness itself, you know, physically yes, but but mentally it's been a real uh, a real positive for me. Oh, okay. So back to freelancing. So though no, I was in a very fortunate position where um, I had a, a relatively steady income, but uh, it also allowed me to to work with other people and, and do other events and work with other clients if I if I wanted to. Um, but it is a daunting prospect and a good bit of advice you gave me if if it doesn't scare you you're not doing it right i'm scared right now yeah. <laughs> what, what does that mean what does that mean um, it means we're doing it right doing it right <laughs> so yeah no there will be you know running your own business or running your own business or work for yourself you're going to have ups and downs not every month's going to be the same which is part of the excitement but part of the kind of risk you've got to take and part of the challenge absolutely i think that fear is important it will drive you yeah absolutely mm. i think i think it's probably something that all three of us probably have in common to be fair yeah um, which I guess comes back to the training because if you're in a job and you're just doing the same thing you don't feel challenged you don't yep. see any progression for yourself you're just going to leave or lose interest so if you when it, you're by yourself and you're calling the shots you have to motivate yourself each and every day there's nothing wrong with being comfortable in your role or in your job I just think for those people that want to like you say progress or move forwards or they think they want to uh, explore different avenues you, you have to almost force yourself outside of that comfort mm. zone and uh, and I guess that's where that kind of yeah, idea that, comes absolutely. from. Really. But I think people in any walk of life, if they want to progress in their in their careers, they, you need to push yourself outside of that, that comfort zone and see sort of what's on the other side and uh, um, uh, because there's always something to learn. There's always something new. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, going back to the training thing that you, you just mentioned there, Damien, mm. I mean, one of the things that uh, I think some people... Um, some trainers feel like they've failed if everyone isn't as successful as, as they hope they would be. Yeah. But I think one of the things that, I mean, I, I always try and pass on to people when it comes to training is that you can't train somebody that doesn't want to learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah, and that's always going to be the key for, for any of you budding trainers out there. It sounds really obvious, but you're not always going to be successful, are you really? So, no, I mean, there are people you can slowly t turn around. Um, but ultimately, if someone really doesn't want to be trained and they're just happy in their career what they're doing which uh, i've experienced many times um where i've i've 
been out to train bartenders that have been doing it 10, 15, even close to 20 years. And yeah. they, they're just happy bartending. Uh, doesn't mean they're, they're bad at their job or they're, they're, bad, they're, bad, they're, they're bad for bartending. That's just what, what they want to do. They want to know enough to do their job, but they don't necessarily want to push into, into management. And that's not a bad thing. Nope. I think, I think mm. that's re really important that not everyone has to become a head bartender, bar manager, brand ambassador. Um, if people are happy bartending, let them be happy. I respect bartending. it. I love it when, yeah. when you meet people that just know they're happy in their lane uh, and they're just really good at what they do, really consistent. You can tell when somebody cares. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, um, and it's a real art. I think I, I spoke to you, the, you know, I'm, I'm new to the industry, so I'm still learning how it works and meeting people. But one of my first interactions, um, we had this discussion, I was in Bristol and I was at um, Red Light and I met Chelsea Bailey. Uh, I called in advance. Uh, isn't it a thing that we're not allowed to call her Chelsea Bailey anymore? Isn't it Chelsea fucking Bailey now? Isn't it? Oh, yes. Isn't that a thing? Certainly, <laughs> certainly, yeah, certainly if you're Jenny Griffiths, you, you could probably uh, search that as well as Curry's Je Je Jenny Griffiths and Chelsea fucking Bailey. It's yeah, going to so be a lot more shout, than Curry's. Shout out to uh, Chelsea fucking Bailey. Yeah. But you were saying. But yeah, so I, I'd called up I, and I kind of went down with my bag of goodies and she just opened up and we just had a really nice conversation and you know she was prepping and doing stuff and kind of coming back to me listening and i went back six seven months later um didn't call just popped in and sat at the bar and, and she recognized me and she remembered my story and that just left awesome. an, an amazing impression on me that somebody who's going to have hundreds of people in and out in a week could remember that kind of detail for somebody that she'd met within half an hour 40 minutes and that's, that's why she's chelsea fucking baby yeah absolutely and it's those meetings and interactions with the industry has just kind of yeah made me really appreciate what it takes i think i think that's the to be that, a good yeah absolutely mm. i think that's the core of the industry and um that the idea of community and people kind of recognizing each other helping each other um, advising each other, and I guess that's where this London Bartender Association yeah, LBA yeah. I was mean, born, right? So initially, it's about uh, I think similar to what uh, the reasons for in Leicester as well. It was about getting brands, getting training, getting people together, um, uh, and it, it helped. It worked. We we got interest from brands because uh, for them, they need to know obviously how is there what interest is there in the city that they'd never been to before. So uh, part of it is well, we've got this group on facebook where we've got these people saying that they're, that they're coming from different bars because back then you didn't really have an online sort of community or sort of chat groups and things no. it was i guess it's quite difficult especially from another city to organize people from different bars that you've never met before a city you've not been before so you know you take someone sort of from that area to sort of to, to herd everyone uh to get everyone uh, on the same page um so the lba has just uh celebrated its 10th 10 year anniversary I'm still pinching myself <laughs> 10 years. and 30,000 people yeah as it, was it yeah. Like, yeah, probably just, a bit more now yeah, for, I think the last checks couple days about 30,500 it, it grows every more or less every day yeah. well, so, after you we're, no, st we're still learning by the way yeah. <laughs> we're still trying to figure out our timing so yeah I was going to say what kind of challenges you face with the content Ooh, which is obviously it's an open forum but the, the million dollar question um I'll try and keep this short. So, um, <laughs> take your time, man. Well, uh, well, the, the day-to-day admin, you know, the the kind of the boring stuff, if you like, is is vetting members and uh, and ensuring that it's it's real people and people in the industry that are joining. Um, uh, uh, that doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't take up too much of my time. But it's something I've got to do sort of every day or two. And there's, you know, there's questions to that that you need to answer to enter, which is a relatively new feature for Facebook and actually helped things along. 
uh, a lot because prior to that, I think that only that was only introduced about a year or so ago. Um, prior to that, it was you had to have a mutual friend in the group because that was the only way to really do it. There were no questions and things. So sometimes you did have people coming through who were potentially fake profiles or had no attachment to to the industry. Um, but uh, you know, rem removing content, I don't have to do it too often. Um, the community is quite good at reporting things that are, <coughs> excuse me, that are in a, inappropriate or not related to the industry. Or just, what's what's uh, inappropriate? inappropriate? Let's get in. Let's get in there. What's, what's inappropriate? inappropriate? Um, I should just be reading the, the group rules out. It'd be a lot easier. <laughs> do it. Um, well, obviously, anything that's considered a, a, a offensive um, uh, to uh, the majority of people, or just just not constructive, um, if you're like. You know, if you, uh, I understand people want want to rant, and I think the RBA should be a place where you can okay. rant, but it's got to be done. Where do you where do you draw the line? I mean, at what point do you go right? That's that's enough. I don't have a sort of a list. It's you know, I've, I've got to make a uh, 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 yeah, I've, I've got to make a judgment call on on that kind of on that kind of thing. And it's you know, if people are uh, say calling people out when they when they shouldn't be, or uh, if they're um, uh, specifically targeting bullying etc then obviously that, that's when i do when i do draw the line sorry was, yeah I, get, uh, I mean you can't keep an eye on it 24 hours a day so no, i guess no, you miss no i can't sometimes um, you get it wrong sometimes you get it wrong sometimes i mean some of the things stay up stay up longer than than obviously i'd, I'd like them to be but i'm not you know i'm on the group every day so i normally nip things in the bud relatively quickly and, and the community do report things when they need to or they, or they uh, tag me in uh in posts and that need my attention um but uh, a lot of it is just sort of quietly in, in, in the background, uh, just making... On the whole, though, how do you feel about the um, interaction uh, on a daily basis? On, a daily, on, on a daily, but generally, I think, uh, given the amount of traffic that's on, the amount of people, it, it's okay. And, and I think what I would say is that it's... Uh, uh, like on any chat group um, or, or something that's on social media, that it's always the, the negative points that, that really stick out. Um, yeah, uh, and that's what a lot of time becomes memorable, and you only have to look at clickbait articles uh, for, for, <laughs> for, for proof of that, right? Um, where people are drawn into uh, things that are slightly ambiguous, misleading, uh, um, uh, perhaps on a, something that's a bit negative or a lot. And do negative. you think that, do you think that puts people off from wanting to yeah, it, it, join, it, interact? I don't think I, I know. Um, you know, people have approached me where they're too afraid to to post on the group um, because of the backlash that they fear. Because there's a lot of people on there, thirty thousand to yeah. uh, to to put a question that you might be fine to ask in person, yeah. but timid to ask uh, online. Um, which has been probably one of the biggest challenges to deal with um, because it can happen so quickly. What's that and like for you? As somebody that obviously wanted to create a space um, for the community to be able to uh, obviously interact and advise and, and get bits and pieces of information from each other, what's it mm -hmm. like for you when you hear people from when the community oh, or from from when the industry is saying i i don't want to i don't want to get involved i don't want to uh, be a part of this it's 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 really sad it's it's pretty awful because uh, you know as a community as as fellow bartenders and, and hospitality workers and people in the drinks industry why do we need to start pointing fingers at everyone and being 
unnecessarily sarcastic and rude and uh you know there are people often forget that every um people often forget that there are still new fresh bartenders joining uh, the yeah. RBA yeah. and 10 years ago or more than 10 years ago, when there wasn't the RBA or it wasn't as, as big as it was you wouldn't have a forum to ask you'd perhaps maybe do a bit of googling or you'd you'd ask your head bartender colleague etc and you would hope they'd made have a, <laughs> they'd have humility and and show whether it was how to make a mojito properly or how to do certain bits of service and uh you know the there was no there shouldn't there was not really any stigma yeah, and there shouldn't be any stigma in that, but but because it's online, you know the the, dyna the dynamics change. You're sitting behind a screen, absolutely. Screen. I mean, you're you're new to you're new to the industry, yeah. Damien. So, well, I've, are I've you part of the LBA? Are you, I'm part are you of it, and I, it's definitely been a great tool for me to to network, kind of see regular posters and know who people are and where they are as well, and also kind of track where people move as well. And it's mm. you know being a company that you know we're representing brands and different products it's nice to know who, who we can go to and even use the group as a way of introduction as well sure um and on the whole what do you what do you think of the group What's your there's been mixed there's been some people have responded and been very open um and others just ignore and it's just like if i was to pick up the phone and cold call it's gonna it's gonna be the same thing but mm. i've it's been a great thing for me to learn what's happening in london absolutely and from there i've looked at other groups um and it's a tool for me. Yeah, I think for for myself, for someone that's outside of, although I'm in the industry, uh, I, I, I live outside of London. So watching the interactions and the associations throughout the UK, as well as the one in London, the differences and how people communicate. But like you said, yours is so large, it's so big, mm. that you're going to have those varying opinions and you're going to have those people that kind of like want to just come in and poke yeah, um, and I, I think... And it's easier to control where I am because the groups are smaller. Yeah. So you just go over <laughs> to the bar, you just and knock on the door. And they're, and they're goes, tight, yeah, they're tight. Stop communities. misbehaving. Um, I think it's it's easier to be anonymous with, with such a big group. And I think a lot of the time it is people that no one perhaps really knows that well or um, uh, they're, they're able to hide and um, post snide comments and, and whatever it is. And I, I do try and hit them in the bud, but obviously if I'm... If I don't see it for five minutes, one hour, ten hour, you know, and enough people see it because on, on, so, on social media now, five minutes is a long time. Yeah. It's a long time, especially <laughs> with, especially the way algorithms work, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, which is something we, you know, can't really help. Um, but it's, uh, you know, something that is quite time consuming. If there's if there's a long thread with discussions happening, uh, it's going through each and every comment just to make sure people are, are behaving if it's something slightly controversial or even if it's not controversial but some of the comments become a little bit controversial just got to make sure that uh everyone's behaving because it can be 200 300 comments and there might be one in there where someone's just going oh you're a cunt because i don't agree with you which happens a lot um that's the uh, first c words <laughs> yeah. of the series there by the way so we've got it out, out, out of the way <laughs> add, a, add a little round of applause in there um so yeah, but that, yeah, but that's a reality. Not not everyone sees it. Some people do, um, but those kind of things I try and nip in the bud as as quick as possible because I, it should be healthy debate. There's there's nothing wrong with, as I said, with with a bit of ranting and and having passion uh, behind what you're saying. But it's got to be constructive. I think I think I agree with both of you. Actually, on the whole, um, it's a really positive platform. Yes. It's as with anything, um, any, the negative especially bits, any forum, yeah, yeah. They always, they're the ones that always stand out anyway. The, the arguments and someone would have said something really controversial or mm. 
uh, as far as the community can concern, something really stupid or obvious. And those are the ones that are always going to kind of stand out in your mind. Most of the time, you don't even hear about the ones where people are getting their questions answered within like 10 minutes well, because that's because a really easy interaction. Really interesting, and yeah. then it gets done. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, but there's a huge amount of, of positive content on there, and there's some uh members that post frequently that ask questions not just because they're trying to find something such as a moaning syrup uh <laughs> hashtag lehigh there's a lehigh for that um but um but people like julian de ferrell who all consistently post really interesting i love julian uh, we all love julian for those of you that don't know julian <clears throat> yeah you need to follow him you didn't don't follow him on instagram because he doesn't post anything um uh he did that on purpose because he's weird but we still love him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, people like Julian just post really interesting, thought-provoking questions. Um, We've uh, got the directory. You got the directory from from Paul Bradley, who's put put together a massive uh, spreadsheet of random ambassadors and, and yeah. BDMs. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of people that are positive and obviously uh, contributing to it yes, in a right. positive way. So yeah, I mean, on the whole, but like I said, it's always the ones, that, the ones that stand yeah, out. the negative ones that stand um, out. But, but it, uh, we've had you've had ten years now. Yes. So, where is it going to be in ten years' time? Yeah. Oh God. What would you What would you hope it to be? <laughs> I don't even want to think about ten years' time. Or who knows what's going on with Facebook in ten years' time? <laughs> that's um, a good point, actually. That's always uh, always in the back of my mind because ultimately it's controlled by Facebook. You know, in terms of when they change settings, generally they've done positive things and they've updated and upgraded things, such as adding the questions uh, to. Uh, um, to entry requirements and things, so they've made the the back of the house, if you like, the the admin side slightly more. Well, that's a lot more streamlined over the past two two three years. So that's been a positive. But then, obviously, with things like algorithms and things which are completely out of control, it is it is a worry that the back of my mind. Um, uh, um, but there are um, uh, there is another project I'm uh, I'm involved with, which Ooh. will which will help evolve that. Tell us, tell us more. Well, we, well, I can't. Spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, that, that's that, that, That'll be a future <laughs> podcast, I'm sure. Yep. Um, uh, but uh, so, I really, I really can't answer that. In 10 answer years. the question. Where, well, <laughs> but where do I want it to be in ten years? Is or, or where do I think it's going to be in ten well, years? You, you, well, are you happy yeah, for it to stay yeah. as it is in ten years' time? No, I think it needs to evolve constantly. And it has evolved over, over the past ten years, not just in terms of sheer numbers. Um, uh, but also it needs to evolve with the industry because mm. I mean where are bars and bartenders going to be in 10 years where's alcohol going to be in 10 years we're going to be robots we'll all, <laughs> be, out, be, we'll all be out of work because we've been taken over by Skynet I sent you that video when I was in Vegas of that robot that just you know, pick a cocktail on the iPad and it will just make it for you oh my god ridiculous sounds amazing well at least be <laughs> consistent right yeah but I don't want to talk to a robot I don't want to talk to anybody Actually, I don't want to talk to you right I'm, now I'm going to I'm Sometimes I do want to talk to a robot, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll gloss over that. <laughs> um, so after giving years, uh, well, after years of helping giving the industry a voice, what have you learned the most? Wow. Um, quite a question. What have I learned the most about? So uh, for those of you that aren't <coughs> here, just blew Drew's mind, that question. <laughs> What have I learned the most? What, out of my career or no, LBA no, or well, LBA, you know, what have you... What have you got the most out of it? Because um, it's an open platform coming from so many different areas. So, uh, um, actually, it's actually easier to answer now. I've had a few seconds to think about it. Uh, 
So in terms of the community and, and the people within it, it's helping individuals out, um, uh, majority of which who I haven't met. Um, so a lot of uh, bartenders and some employers as well have, uh, have reached out to me with, with various grievances, uh, ranging from uh, someone having an accident at work and being told they need to go back to work and they had to get surgery and you know it was it was it wasn't a pleasant time and it was a, a lack of due diligence and uh, and I was able to point them to uh, the benevolent for advice which made uh, made them a lot easier so the the, the benevolent being the, the drinks charity for for the UK um, a lot of grievances about not being paid on time so I've you know I've given employers a poke where um, they've agreed to pay invoices and there's a lot of time it's freelancers so you know that's part of the challenges of being just a freelance bartender not necessarily on, on the consultant trying side trying to get paid on time trying to get paid on or time even at all even at all um so the, that's happened a lot um uh, and i've helped you know, speed that process up because employees think they can get away with it by just ignoring bartenders but then when i step in and and they realize if they're not going to pay staff on time and it and there have been times where companies have done it multiple occasions um and i've removed them from the group they're no longer allowed to advertise because and, and they simply don't care they don't have a reason for it um and they just ignore messages so um yeah if you're not going to pay but if you're going if you're going to advertise in the group and not pay people on time you don't deserve the privilege of being on the group so being able to use it. we've talked about obviously moving forwards for 10 years but looking back over uh, the last decade um oh not being paid on time has not changed <laughs> no, no, <I> mean, <laughs> If you could give um, the younger version of yourself some advice, what would it have been? Um, probably putting my face out there earlier. Okay. Really? Which is nobody wants to say uh, that. Nobody. Uh, right, my voice then. Hopefully, <laughs> it's not too droning. Because uh, uh, that's only something I've really grasped recently, um, and from a, an angle of. A take, so what, what do you mean by that? Then? Uh, so, so, so taking more ownership of it because i can't you know with a group that size as well you can't just be a floating profile on there with, with a little badge that says okay. admin um because with that many people you know it's just another face of profile you know i think that from going back to that talking about humility and and being a person and uh and being a a figure as as it were just someone and a fellow bartender um and i think people realize there's there's a human being <laughs> in behind the scenes managing this group day to day uh and has try, that, trying has to build this community you a little bit of um time to get used to the fact that i mean you use the word figure there that i, I suppose in essence you are really yeah uh, i mean is that taking a bit of time to kind of maybe accept that get used to it absolutely it? and i think there's always there was always a problem with um, which I spoke to you about a few months ago. Um, we don't talk. We don't talk <laughs> over, over, over curries. We just it. stare at each other we eating curries. Each other. Um, uh, was about the problem with my ego, but not having too much ego. Is about worrying too much about what others would think if I start putting myself out there as as a face, whether it's videos or, or or whatnot, and being a bit more personable. But I think actually, for ultimately, I realised for the best of the community. I need to take a lot more ownership of it for for my own benefit, but also for the community's benefit. I think as well. I think I mean you you that's a good point. I mean when when people are on social media, um, if they post um, a question, a status, or they put a picture out there, 
there is a there is a certain amount of uh, anxiety as to how people are going to kind of uh, yeah. like respond to that. Like, I mean, as we all know, I actually don't care. I will yeah. plaster my face all over your social media feeds, and I am not. A, and you do, yeah. I, I don't regret a <laughs> yeah. thing. And I'm you, not you post my face, and you forget to tag me. Um, <laughs> all right, the one time on purpose. <laughs> yes, I did that on purpose. I don't want people to know that we're friends. Um, but what, what about you, Damien? Is it the same for you when you when you use social media and? And you're wanting to put something out of you. How long do you take before you post something? How long do you take to think well, about it? It takes me ages to write it because I'm not uh, the best when it comes to grammar and everything else. So okay. I, I'm consciously thinking what I'm saying. But personally, I, I'm, I, I'm not taking the role of branding myself or taking ownership of who I am in my place. Okay. And I think starting this podcast is a part of that. Yeah. Um, to make myself known. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as this podcast is concerned, um, for those of you who are still listening, thank you. <laughs> I mean, we're obviously going to be learning over the time and the people that we talk to, and so it'll be really interesting to see where this goes. But you're right. I mean, uh, being taking the time to be able to write something on a status means you, you've got a delete button and you can start again before you hit the post. You know what I mean? And, and the same with uh, a picture. You can obviously use your filters and such. But I think putting yourself like this live on a on a microphone or even in front of a video, all of a sudden it's a You're it's exposing a yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's a different volume, yeah. isn't it? Um, it was really daunting the first time I, I did that. Okay. I was quietly petrified. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> no. Um, I think partly as well because I know the numbers, like I said earlier, it's uh, last year it was uh, over, the, like the quietest day was 8,900 people and the busiest day was about 14,600. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of people. Is there a temptation to commercialise it, seeing as you've got such a reach? Um, yeah, there, uh, there is. Not, not the group itself. Um, I don't think that uh, would work. Um, and I think it just needs to function as a community, as a big resource. Um, but then you've got the London Bartenders Association's uh, like page, uh, which is... Like it. Like it. Go like yeah. it now. Go like the, the LBA like page. Um uh, or fan page, I don't know what it's called these days. Wow. Um, I don't think it is a fan page, no. No. I'm, I'm not a celebrity, thankfully. <laughs> no. Never want to be a celebrity. <laughs> oh, uh, all right, digressing as usual. Uh, so, yeah, the like page. Um, yeah, that's where the sort of the commercial aspect um, uh, is going to be coming from. Um, yeah. So, there'll be uh, opportunities for, for brand collaborations and bartender collaborations. And again, still community at its heart. So, doing things that are of interest and of benefit uh, to the community. Um, uh, and But also working a lot with uh, Benevolence. So, we're currently in talks with them um, to see how uh, the LBA channels can help boost their awareness, uh, help boost uh, the, the money um, that they need um, to help the industry. Uh, because the, the we had a meeting with them yesterday, and the growing, uh, the biggest growing uh, beneficiaries of their services are bartenders. Yeah, mm. incredible. Um, I mean, for um, in respect to the benevolent, um, we are actually going to have uh, Ross Carter, the CEO, in and talk to him in yeah. in more detail about what what the, the what they that, do, and yeah, then, what yeah. they do, and, and how they benefit the industry. So they, they do are, some incredible work. They are an incredible organisation. He's a really, really interesting guy to talk to. So yeah. um, I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah. Actually, that should be good. Hopefully, be more interesting than this gentleman over here. Thanks very much. Um, I was talking about you, Drew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we've got a few features um, or ideas. Um, so we're going to use you as our guinea pig. Um, so the first being um, looking at. The ideal speed rail. 
so you're in a bar, you've got everything else, you've got the lime juice and the sugar syrups and, and all of you, uh, it's just five spirits, what would you pick? Are we saying five spirits? Or are we five, saying, well... Five bottles. Five bottles, yeah. Yeah, five bottles. Finlandia grapefruit, beef beef to export, Appleton VX. Slow down. What? You start Zappa, again. Tio, Blanco. Okay. Is that four? Yeah. I don't know. What did we go, what did we go uh, through? Right, so, vodka, Finlandia grapefruit, obviously. obviously. Uh, Beef Eater Gin, but they're export one because it's delicious, which okay. you can't get in this country. It's their okay. 47% ABV. Um, uh, that is the best gin I've ever tried. Okay. Um, what was after that? Rum. Appleton VX, which I don't make anymore. But so as, so as, not uh, that one then? You didn't say it had we to be... We didn't say... Oh, that's yeah. a good point. I'm, I'm, good. My apologies. Okay, so the Appleton VX, which is... Uh, Tapatia Blanco Tequila. <laughs> um, uh, I need a bourbon. Probably... Do you? I think so. Yeah, okay. I need. A, I think I need a mixes. No, I need a. I need, no, I need a rye, not a bourbon. A mixes rye. Okay, that's fair. Uh, is that five? I've lost count already. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. definitely five. Oh, I need a liqueur in there. Oh, oh, okay. No, you, you've got your five. I've got my five. Unless you want to take something out and then replace it with a liqueur. Oh, I can't say that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be, I mean, it's fine. You happy that'll with that? Do. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll, um, for those people that missed it, we'll probably write it out in, yeah. in, uh, yeah. in our little. Finlandia grapefruit beef filler export Appleton VX. Tapatia Blanco mixes rye. Delicious juices all around. Yeah, fair. That's I a, mean, they all make banging classics. Yeah. Such as is a Finlandia grapefruit you, and Sonic. Are you thinking about your speed rail? Well, yeah. Well, Finlandia grapefruit and daiquiris, essentially, and sh shots of tequila. And yeah, and a, and a good Manhattan or Remember the Main. Oh, but I, I don't have cherry hearing on my bar now, do I? Well, <laughs> do I have a mooth? I'm, 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 who okay. knows? We'll who knows, find what, kind of, who who knows what kind of bar you're going to open? I mean, I don't know. Beach uh, bar with five products. So you've got you've got your speed roll. Um, uh, so let's talk about opening your bar. Mm -hmm. What would be your open track, your song that you would open your bar to? Ooh, I might need to come back to that. That's, uh, well, you haven't got long. I'm not going to sit all day next week. <laughs> the opening song of the bar. Oh God, that's <laughs> that's. Oh, you can't put that question on me live in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to prep. I think we just did. Sex is on fire, Kings of Leon. I don't know why. Fair. And Maybe because we were playing it the other night when you, when yes. you were making rotties. Yeah, and, were, and Neil they, was making the curry. They were good rotties. That curry was anyway, curry's amazing, Neil. Thank you very much. Uh, Neil, if you're, shout if you're out listening. to Neil Palmer for an incredible I need an invite curry. next time, guys. Neil before Palmer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and what um, about uh, closing down? Something upbeat, that's what I'm going to say. I've not, I, I need, oh. That's a rubbish answer. I know. I'm not taking I'm not, that as I'm an answer. Just give a random give song. Give me a song, Drew Mallins. Ooh la la by the wise guys. That's actually a really good cool song. Fair play to you, Fair play. Sorry for dragging that out. That's right. Can't ask me such difficult questions. <laughs> we'll know for next time to prep the guest. Yeah, next time. Are we going to prep the guest? I feel like we should just no, throw it on them. Definitely not. <laughs> Who or, is no, just, or you can mislead them. That'd be even better. Go on. Just tell them what to expect, but it's not not what you're going to talk about. Oh, you mean like what we did with you, yeah. well, you this morning? Well, kind of. <laughs> well, you were like, we're just going to have a chat. I don't have to prep anything. That's not all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you didn't. No, and neither did we, did we? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we didn't. Um, being the first podcast, um, we're still kind of like playing with some ideas, I think. Um, and we've uh, we've got a little uh, speed round for you, mm -hmm. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Drew Mallins. So How much got, time are we giving him? So 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I'm we've gonna have got... To... Well, I, th I think we'll go 30 seconds now. That's fair. 
So I've got, I've got to be quite quick with this then. So well, um, it's, it's well, it's Drew. He's got to yeah, be well, quick yeah, in his answers. But I just really. give him as many options as he can get. Um, so, so whatever the first answer oh, that God. pops into your head is, right? These are really easy. To be fair, it's not that oh, difficult. Fine. I've just got to uh, learn to read it quite quickly. Okay, so, so count us down, Mr. Regan. Okay, let us know. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Negroni or Manhattan? Manhattan. Scotch or bourbon? Scotch. Tequila mezcal? Tequila. Crushed, cubed, shaved? Cubed. Deathbed ram? Ooh. Ah, it's been grapefruit. <laughs> That's not true. Danger Mouse or Inspector Gadget? Inspector Gadget. Bitters or mixers? Mixers. Fresh or dehydrated? Fresh. <laughs> Short, long. And long. Stop. Wow. I don't feel. I feel like I need to speed up on this one. I thought we'd get through more than that. So that's, yeah. that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the death. You are rubbish, Rupe. Shut up. <laughs> what do you know about rubbish? I wear rubbish with pride. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am rubbish. All right. Well, you're going to be the first on the uh, on the leaderboard. Yeah. Fresh or dehydrated. If anyone says dehydrated... Well, you never know. They're wrong. You never know. <laughs> we are not here to assume anything at all. Actually, it's minus a point if they say it. Yeah, right? actually, yeah. We should but just we stop the interview. <laughs> we should just stop the podcast and burn Have it. Have a QI klaxon <laughs> in the background. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to think of some more questions, but I, need to, I think I need to speed up on that one, actually. Yeah. Let's, let's just say how it is, really. Cool. Well, um, um, I think this has been a great session. I, you know, Thanks again for... For joining us and being the first, uh, the first guest. Um, How was it for you, my man? It was. Right. I felt like I rambled a little bit. I'd, I'd like to come back in uh, in the next however many weeks or months. Perhaps. Well, you want to come and do it again? Yeah, of course. Wow. Yeah. Oh, chat okay, about, so. some, chat I about don't something. I don't know if I else. can take another session. With well, you don't have to be here. I'll just chat to Damien. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And what about you, Damien? What do you think? No, really happy. One? Really great. You know, uh, it's you know we wanted it to be a casual, just open chat, and I think that's how we want to take it forward. Yeah, I think the idea of this podcast is to obviously speak to people from within the community, but just talk about anything really, and not 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 really hold anything back, yeah. um, and and hopefully make it quite interesting for people to to want to listen to. If any of you guys do want to be a part of um, the Mixology Collection podcast, <clears throat> um, we're going to drop our email address and bits and pieces in 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 our bio um send us send us a message it'd be great to to have more well, any of you and all of you on board really and hopefully some feedback on how you felt it went and um, if there's anything you want us to ask the industry let us know yeah i mean i, I live uh, pretty much in denial on a daily basis for so for those of you that don't like it and don't like the format um i'm completely ignoring that feedback <laughs> as far as i'm concerned this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to anyone <laughs> ever this is it um, that's why i love you <laughs> all right then guys well i think um i think we're going to sign out now sign off sign out yeah how do we is that is that the terminology close down close, close down. down so yeah i guess this is our close down do we need to put a close down tune Gosh, for this? i didn't even think about that oh yeah we should have an open song oh we can add it afterwards song. in post yeah or we yeah we'll, we'll think of that spend hours thinking about what your close down song is i was thinking about 30 seconds actually it'll be some some sort of bangra or bollywood tune that should be your <laughs> opening yeah maybe we're both the same i think yes Maybe. We'll have a little think about it. All right, until next time. You take care, guys, and uh, look after yourselves and each other. <laughs> <laughs> Love you.